Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynncullenshow at gmail.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Oh, yeah. That'd be me. How you doing? It's uh, trying to figure out what day it is. It's Tuesday. It's December 14th, 2021. And Susan, my sister, is on the line. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Ah, good morning. Oh, my, I, I just want to I want to apologize up front for any uh, noise you might hear on my end, because the the construction continues apace uh, 10 feet from where I sit. It's just it's like they wait until now to bring out jackhammers, drills. God who's, knows who's building fun. what? Which neighbor? <laughs> my the neighbor that I'm cheek to jowl with on on one side. Um, and okay. they've been renovating their house for. Uh, I don't know, over a year. And I don't know, but they're really working on the side, right, right outside where I'm sitting now. And I, I wish it would stop. Excuse me. Okay. I, I can't not, hear it. If it's any help to you, I can't hear it. Okay. You can't hear the hammering, the screw. That's good. No. Would that I, would that I couldn't hear it. Oh, God. So I just saw that uh, that uh, I'd, I'd seen this, but I hadn't seen it from a what I would consider a reliable source. But now I'm seeing it from a reliable source that uh, supervisors at the candle factory that was leveled uh, threatened any of their employees with being fired if they left uh, when the uh, warnings were coming in. Um, does that in any way uh, make these employers liable? I, I doubt it, right? Uh, no, I think that if they want to get sued because, you know, what happened to the, the lot of, they fell into vats of hot oil. I mean, this isn't pretty what happened to them. No. Um, uh, yeah, I think they, if, if there are, uh, if there was advanced warning and people sought to leave and were told that if they left, they were going to lose their jobs. Well, you know, it's a choice. I suppose. I don't and know. And then they lost their lives. And then they the died instead. Is, yeah. Um, I. Or were grievously injured. Well, there were, there are, um, there were more. I mean, I remember seeing a, a warning that there was a line of, you know, there was going to be tornadoes. They, everybody knew there were going to be tornadoes. How come I knew in Pennsylvania, they were talking about this, uh, line of storms and, um, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, the same at the Amazon uh, uh, place. I, I, I don't know if you if you cannot provide a safe place for uh, your workers, but and you're demanding that they stay during potentially life threatening weather. Uh, then I would think you've. I, I think they. I think they. To me, they're culpable. Well, we'll see. Unbelievable, though. Unbelievable. 
Oh, and this just in, and this is my favorite. My favorite. I, Susan, you and I probably differ on this one, but um, I have it on pretty good authority. Well, who the hell knows what pretty good authority is anymore? But I have it on pretty good authority that you should not make your bed. Well, I've, I, for the longest time, have I flip the covers open and leave it that way for a good long time to kill the all of the little dust mites and everything that want to be in there. Oh, you do? And yeah. And then you make it? And then I make it. How? And have you done research on how much uh, sunlight or air is required to... No, uh, I just, I get time. up, I, I put the covers aside, I go about my morning, and then usually when I go back upstairs, you know, a couple of hours later, I, I make the bed. And I, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, then tell me that, because I didn't know about these, I knew about dust mites, but I didn't know that what uh, dust mite experts say is that uh, they love a neatly made bed because it keeps them warm and it's dark for them. It's perfect. What they don't like is exposure to the air and to sunlight because then they dry up and die. Yep. So here's what I'm asking. Wouldn't it make more sense never to make your bed to kill those things many of us are allergic to and just the idea that you're lying on those disgusting bugs they're you know in your bed with you um why bother so you go up and make your bed no well yeah the only reason that i bother for two reasons one i really i there are a few things in my life that i have you know like fetishes about it. One is getting into a made bed. It's just, I, it is more comfortable for me and that I like. That's the first reason. The second reason is even worse than dust mites are Ernie mites. So if I don't, (laughs) if I don't make my bed, then there's a good chance that my dog's going to be sleeping where I want to put my face and my body. And I would rather have it covered up. All right. Well, I think you've, uh, Stated my you case defend- adequately? Yes, I think you've defended your choices uh, admirably. Yes, I, I do. However, but, yes, but I, I, don't I, I do want I know I, I want to see it. What? I don't make my bed unless somebody's going to see it. Well, that's fine. It just strikes me that what's the point since I'm just going to unmake it, uh, you know, and get in it. Honestly, whatever. if it didn't make any difference to me about how it felt getting into it, there would be many times that I wouldn't, but I, I, it does matter to me and the dog as well. But I had known about this thing about air and light and, light. Yeah. and for a long time. So well, I, I yeah, I very purposefully fold back the bed and let it be. <laughs> well, I just want to tell all you who like me don't see the point, except you know if company's coming, of making your bed. To um, you've got science on your side now. You know you really do. You really do. And Susan, I mean, when it comes to beds, I I know she irons her sheets. <laughs> 
I rest my case. That is so over the top. If I have time and nothing else to do, you betcha, because it makes the sheets feel better. I'm telling you, it's the one thing that I have a thin. Yeah, you oh, know, cool. I. Yeah, I, I, know, I don't I, ask anybody I, else to do it, and it's not like. No. Uh, and actually, I've given it up recently because I'm always running back and forth, and just changing them is, you know, a major feat. Much less iron. Yeah. But, but yeah. now I've been. But now I've been back for longer periods of time, and because I frequently quarantined so that I can see one unvaccinated grandchild or another. Um, I iron my sheets again. What else do I have to do? Almighty. They do feel okay. so much better. It just changes what is known as the hand. What is known as the hand? The hand of the sheet. Yeah, the way it feels. What? I've never heard that. That's a phrase, the uh, hand of the sheet. Mm-hmm. It's the like sheet. pasta. It's like it's like the chew of food. There is a. What do you mean the chew of food? Well, pasta done al, da- al dente gives gives pasta the proper al chew. Dente. Oh, jeez. Your mother was very surprised to find this out because every time I make pasta for her, she looks at me and she goes, your pasta is so good. It's not mushy. I said, well, yeah, it's al dente. Al dente. (laughs) Al dente. And that means it has a chew. Yeah. Well, you know, here I react strongly to using the word chew as a noun. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> My life's not screwed I'm up enough. Now. I've got to use oh. chew as a noun. Oh, God. Damn. <laughs> Lord. Four or five a.m. when I am now, and actually, it's, we've got it to six. At six a.m. when I hear from directly underneath my bed, um, but actually a floor beneath my bed, this little a voice baby? going, choo, 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 choo. <laughs> <laughs> Susan has house guests, and one is the most adorable little guy. Oh, jeez. Eat him up. <laughs> so, so, I want to know, speaking of adorable little guy, I'm sorry, and this is disgusting. I, I, I'm telling you now that you should be disgusted by what I'm about to say, but I'm looking at a picture of him and I'm sorry. I think the Kentucky governor is hot. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong about that, but you know, no, is he adorable? And I'm pretty adorable. Then explain me this. How does a God forsaken state like Kentucky regularly elect the horrors of Mitch McConnell and Rand Paul. I know. I mean, look at and Mitch then McConnell. This, and then elect this Democrat, this gorgeous young Democrat. Now, I have a vague, really, that is such a red state. So what's he doing as governor? And I have this vague memory 
of his predecessor, and I don't know that it's true, but I think his predecessor being, of course, a Republican who was so horrific that even the Republicans in Kentucky voted for a Democrat, and thus we get the gorgeous uh, governor Bashir. But I, that's what I think. I mean, it is odd that there is a Democratic governor in yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. And speaking well, of Rand Paul, I just have to do this, and I'm sorry. Well, we weren't speaking of Rand Paul, but go ahead. I mentioned him. I when? said Mitch oh. McConnell and Rand Paul. Oh, you did. You did. You did. I, I did. just, every time I hear Mitch McConnell, my brain starts going, and I missed Rand I Paul. He's just so <laughs> horrific. He's so horrific. I have a quote from Rand Paul. It's a little, little musty because it's from uh, Hurricane Sandy. When did that happen? That was about what, four years ago, five yeah, years Yeah, Hurricane ago. Sandy was up in, uh, up in Long Island. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah, but it did. Horrific damage right. uh, to a number of states, killed people. And Rand Paul refused to vote for disaster relief for the poor people on the East Coast. And here's his quote. People here will say, meaning in Washington, they have great compassion and they want to to help the people of uh, Florida. What? Florida? Florida. Okay, that's Florida. Did it? Yeah, maybe it started in Florida. Oh, well, I know Puerto is that. Rico. Wait, wait, wait. Sandy. That Sandy, wait. Sandy must have been Puerto Rico, too. Was that the one Puerto Rico with Trump throwing uh, paper towels? At them? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Who the hell can remember? Who, knows? who can remember any of this? But here's his quote. Uh, people will say they have great compassion and they want to help the people. But notice, they always have great compassion with someone else's money. No. So he voted. He voted no. It's the now, taxpayers' money. I That's someone else. It's but all he, of, of course, ours. Yes. Oh, oh, that sounds so communistic. All of ours? Susan, he vote, he's voted his entire career against federal aid for states that were in trouble. Yeah, that were and not now, And now? What a yes. vile, what a vile human being. Which brings me to an incredibly wonderful quote I want to share from um, a Republican who was uh, the Chief Justice of the United States Supreme Court some time ago uh, from the state of California. I believe he was the governor of California. His name was Earl Warren. And oh, yeah, Earl the Warren, Chief Justice. Yeah, and then he, I, th I might be wrong. You know, my memory is always suspect, but not so suspect when it has to do with things in the 50s and 60s. So I, Earl Warren, I think, was the governor. He then became the chief justice of the Supreme Court, put there by, I suspect, I don't know who, doesn't matter. And he presided over what was considered one of the more liberal courts. The Warren Court was considered a liberal 
court. That was back in the day when you could appoint a Republican and they become a liberal chief justice. But Earl Warren had this to say. Many people consider the things government does for them to be social progress. But they regard the things government does for others as socialism. There it yeah. is in a nutshell. There it if is. If I don't get it, it's I'm not for it. Right. And and if I don't get if everyone's going to get it, but then no, Americans are actually if everyone's going to get it, including me, I don't want it. Because that means, uh, you know, lazy, shiftless people, you know who I'm talking about, will get it. And I'll go without just so they won't have any. And I, I, I once read an article that posited that the reason the United States is this outlier in terms of supposedly civilized, uh, rich, uh, democratic nations, jeez, uh, all of those adjectives are, uh, you know, are a little squirrely these days. Um, why we don't have what every other country has, this sense that government is there to provide um, a, a base for all people to live a, a dignified uh, a life. And we're the only country that, you know, whether it's education, whether it's uh, health care, whether it's pensions, whatever, we're always wrong. We're on the wrong side. And I've heard it said it's because racism is so, so endemic, so in the bone that white Americans have always been willing to do without because they can't bear the thought of black people getting money. Careful, careful. That is dangerously close to critical race theory. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. That is true. That I mean, true. that that is the ultimate in the critical yeah. race theory. Yeah. That yeah. The country, the nation as a whole has this has this unconscious racist underbelly that moves yeah. policy. Right. Right. Yep. Well, there's critical race theory for you. It doesn't have to be taught in elementary school. It seems it's the country's original sin. We're born uh, with it. Yeah. We're simply born with it. Oh, yeah. Well, and speaking of, okay, I got another thing here. I'm sorry. I'm just full of little bits and pieces of stuff here. Uh, so we're going to be careening from place to place. But I have read, and perhaps you guys have too, that a poll, I think it's an Ipsos poll, was taken uh, very recently. And it said that only 2% of, I, I don't know what to say here, 2% of Latinx or Hispanic voters in America use the term and refer to themselves as Latinx. Right, Ooh. they don't. Percent, yeah. while sixty-eight percent, if asked, will say I'm Hispanic, right? Or they'll say Latino or Latina. Somebody else changed uh, their name. <laughs> who? I don't know, but it wasn't. It what do you wasn't. Mean? It's the lefty woke types. 
That's what I mean. Fussy woke types. Well, they don't have to be, you know, yeah, I know. And on top of it, 40% of Hispanics say that the term Latinx offends them to some degree. Now, I'm willing to bet a whole bunch of Hispanics, because a whole bunch of Americans don't have a clue what Latinx means and why it ever came into. I began seeing it a few years ago and didn't know how to pronounce it. When when I don't know how to pronounce a word, I get uncomfortable with it just to start. Was that Latinx? (laughs) Latinx. I didn't know what it was. And then I finally found that it was some way of not... Of what? Not. It has to do with the gender stuff and the this and that. It, it's and a man. You know they're what? trying to make it encompass all genders and all the places of origin that the term covers. Hispanic does that. Of course it does. I don't know why anybody decided it didn't. It's not Hispanic yet or Hispanic or or anything. <laughs> Here's the thing. The Democrats in the last election saw an alarming bunch of Hispanics voting Republican. And that appears to be continuing. So way to go, woke lefty lunatics. You You are offending with your nonsense. The democracy is in danger. And you're sticking X on the end of words and telling people that's what they should call themselves. God almighty. You know, we're gone. I'm just saying. All right. Well, one thing begets another. So I have this, which I found fascinating. (laughs) Did you see that a 16 point Rack, as they call them. That's that's an impressive deer, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. Point. You were talking deer. That's what I thought. Okay. Okay. Well, I could have been talking a... 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 A, a, uh, a, a 16-point... I mean, it could have been any uh, sports game, right? Rack is anyway. uh, singular to billiards. I think you rack them up, but anyway. And when you say rack... Some people think of bosom. <laughs> <laughs> I think of lamb chops. <laughs> <laughs> okay, rack of lamb. Yeah. What else do we think of? I think we covered it. I don't know. <clears throat> so some hunter in uh, Missouri, Sue's. Uh, uh, I'm great, sure. Great state of misery took down a 16-point because doe. that, yeah, because that magnificent doe. head deserved to die. A no, doe. Listen to this. It's a, a doe. doe. A non-binary. <laughs> Don't. I am not kidding. They took down an. They could be on. I don't like people who like, but I understand. I mean, who wouldn't think that was a buck? And wildlife experts. It's they like the bearded out, lady. I mean, you yeah. know, these things happen. Only, it says one doe. This is sort of what they think of in terms of uh, the numbers. One doe in 10,000. 
as this, well, gender fluid mutation where a doe will grow an extraordinary rack. <laughs> but it got her shot. Yeah. Got her killed. Does it change her behavior? Well, now you're going further than this little snippet I have here. Uh, okay, that's, I was just wondering how far the article went. Well, it would be I, interesting I, I to know think, if, yeah. it, if she engaged in, you know, impugilistic uh, efforts because she had the weapon. Yeah. Or whether she was engaged thusly because she had the weapon. Or if other bucks wanted her as a female. Right. Or if she wanted something. Right. <laughs> and there you why. have it, guys. And there you I have mean, it. There, there you, you have you, it. it it's, it's about as natural as it can be. Well, but it's, it's, it is one in 10,000. Yeah, that's, that's rare. Natural. Yes, it's that's rare, rare, but natural. But, right. And speaking of rare but natural, I saw a picture on, I don't know why everything we say gets me into another thing. <laughs> Flight it's of bizarre. thought. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I know. It's a, you said go ahead. Susan said go ahead. I didn't even that's hear fine. myself. You did. Um. So I saw a picture on the internet of this beautiful dog lying down. It's in Nigeria. The dog's just lying there in the in the you know town square. I don't know. And um, a little kitten. It's a video. A little kitten is nursing on her because the the dog has obviously had a litter a litter right and, and this little kitten is is just busy and needing you know doing you know milking her mm-hmm. milking her if you've ever wondered why cats do that to you that's they learn that when they're little teeny weenies when they're you know got a tit in their mouth right right well that made me remember something that i saw when i lived on that farm in Mazomany, Wisconsin. I had a cat at the time who had had a litter. And I also had had gotten a puppy, a little puppy horribly named Barley. I remember Barley. <laughs> Barley's the one who made the Reuben sandwich. I know. Okay, never mind. That's another story. But Barley was, I mean, he grew up to be a very big dog, but he was already big. And damn if I didn't come upon that very big puppy nursing on that little kitten, a cat. Well, she was almost a kitten herself. She was 11 months old and she had a litter. Uh, I couldn't believe. Did, I thought of her. Did as she a, seem horrified? <laughs> yes. Well, that was the time. That was her litter was born on top of me. That was the time. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> that was so. That whole thing was. This is one um, of. This is yet another of improbable stories that actually happened to Lydia. Happened. <laughs> yeah. So I lived in the farmhouse, 
and my kitten got pregnant. Stunned. <laughs> and I never had a pregnant kitten, let alone a pregnant cat. And I didn't know what to do. So I asked the doctor, I said, what am I supposed to do? He says, she'll know what to do. She's going to find a place uh, when she's starting to, you know, get ready. She will essentially make a nest. She will find a place where she's going to. Don't worry about it. It's all instinct. Well, imagine my horror when one night lying in my bed, my husband at my side, I'm awakened by the pregnant kitten building a nest on me. (laughs) And damn if I didn't spend the rest of the night watching her give birth to her kittens on me. But the funniest part... The funniest part is when I had to extricate myself in the morning and get out from under her. I got up. I went down the stairs. And damn if right behind me doesn't come the mother with one of the kittens in her mouth. Following me with it and drops it at my feet and runs up and gets another one. So this cat had decided that so you I were was going to do. I was going to take care of it. She didn't know what the hell to do. Oh, was that traumatic? Oh my God, was that traumatic? Oi! And obviously, at some point, she gave up. I, I like did it because Barley ended up, uh, you know, sucking on her little tit. Just saying. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, okay, here's what I want to know. There's a big story in the New York Times today about social media influencers uh, doing China's bidding. You know, I, they're all over the place and they're saying nice things about China and blah, blah, blah. And how the Chinese government is like, you know, obviously helping these guys along. These are Americans. Helping all these efforts. And then there's a picture of these four four white guys, individual pictures. And these are the social media influencers. And I'm looking at them. And you're thinking, who said? (laughs) Yeah. Wait a minute. That's what I'm saying. Wait. I want this gig. Well, they are self-appointed. They are self-appointed, and they are good at getting clicks. So, um, how do you get clicks? I mean, they they monitor. Well, China knows. You beginning to add this up? Yeah, but I understand all that. But how do you? So, I have to tell you, if you're not that principled a person, and you want some money, start. something on, you know, YouTube and start saying nice things about China and you'll get a check in the mail from Beijing or something. No, they up their clicks, which gets them advertising. Advertising. That's how they make their money. Well, I think, I I swear, I didn't read the whole article, but I think China's actually slipping people money too. Hmm. Or making their, or making them get more and more and more and more uh, clicks. 
That's right. They're getting more clicks, which gets them more ad revenue. Well, every time I see a story about a social media influencer, it always looks like some 20-year-old girl or some, you know, 20-something scruffy-looking white male. Yeah. There's also been a disturbing number of stories about um, how several of these young people have ended up uh, suicides or at least dead. Uh, it's, it's, uh, they, because they are just kids and all of a sudden they, they're making all this money. They be, they have, they wield all this power and they get, uh, they aren't, it's not as easy as it looks. Well, no, because no money isn't. And then the pressure and then being right. horror of social media where people start talking about you. That's right. It's the old, be careful what you ask for. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, See, we okay, were reading we to- totally different things. I, both of our minds were clearly skittering from actual news, but I was totally taken up about this this reuniting of this family that where this baby was ripped from her mother's arms in I, the concentration I camp. Saw the, okay, I saw the headline and I didn't read it. So tell me. I was about- in tears by the end of it. So, um, the, the, the mother has child, uh, gets taken to concentration camp, uh, child is ripped from mother's arms, uh, mother ends up surviving concentration camp, moving to Austria, marrying another concentration camp, uh, person, and they move to survivor and they move to, uh, the United States with their two daughters. The mother mentally never recovered from losing that child. Uh, slept with the only black and white photograph she had of it. It really affected her mentally. She, as as she got older and there were methods, she looked and looked and looked and there was no trace, dead ends. And then uh, she dies a couple of years ago. Her daughters promised her to keep looking. They do it. They contact heritage.com. They do a DNA test and they get a call fairly quickly. They got a niece meaning that that baby survived and the niece is in England and everybody and they contact the niece and tell her the same thing and they're all going, nah, you know, couldn't possibly be. This is just weirdness. And then they send the niece sends a picture and she is identical that to baby. the mother. I mean, oh, just the mother. Just identical. They said they could, she could have been the same. They had, she had the same mannerisms. She was the same kind of person. Her daughter describes her as not a very good cook, not a very good housekeeper, but everybody loved her. And she was, you know, you wanted to be around her all the time, which was how they described her mother, you know. But anyway, yeah. they finally been reunited and none of them can believe it uh, that uh, – so this woman in England is like, uh, well, she's 70 years old or something. She's yeah, she's the 70. daughter. She's the, the daughter, daughter of the elder at the concentration sister. camp. Right. And who was at least seven years older than the than the next sisters. So, yeah. Well, on the England end, does anybody uh, know how they got that baby? 
They went, the baby was story. in an orphan. They put the baby in an orphanage. I don't. I, that I'm doesn't. Not, I don't believe it. How did the how, baby the, the survive? Had, the the Germans had a baby. The Nazis had a baby at a concentration camp. They put it in an orphanage. All I, I can tell you is that woman I, survived and was adopted out of an orphanage by an Israeli couple, yeah. and they emigrated to London. That's the story. That's why no one believed any of it. They just assumed that baby was dead. I'm just sorry the mother died. And well, they can't believe it. That's how it ends. That's why I was in tears. The mother's daughters, you know, going, it's so bittersweet. You know, it's so wonderful yeah. we found her. Yeah. But that mother didn't know. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. And the sister, and they didn't meet the sister who had died of pancreatic cancer two years before, but her daughter is uh, good enough. And also the spitting image. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing. But it's too late. Damn it. Okay, speaking about things like that, I have to read you uh, an email I got. Yeah. Because I don't even understand it. <laughs> okay, give it a whirl. <laughs> it says, give it up. While I understand your position as a cultural Jew, I don't know, is he call, calling me a cultural Jew or is he a cultural Jew? While I, I understand, Jew. I don't think so. Listen to the rest. While I understand your position as a cultural Jew, I must point out that those among you, that's talking about me. Yeah. While I understand your position as a cultural Jew, I must point out that those among you are responsible for what you have collectively sown. As a people, Jews have contributed greatly to mankind. There is no question about that because God ordained it so. Yet for all the historical good, much damage has been done to financial, social, and political systems. And as a result of that, much persecution follows you to this day. Yeah, it's an anti-Semitic screed. Yeah. I don't know what brought it on. And then he goes, I, this guy has uh, emailed what me. What brought it on is the fact that you're Jewish. I call the FBI. Well, I must have said something about being a Jew or he wouldn't. I can't remember what I said. But he says then, I pray and stand behind those wonderful Jewish people I know as friends. The same people who have nothing to do with the above. Meaning those awful Jews who control what? The world. The ones yeah. he knows are obviously not in that. They are uh, different than the clinic. than the than the They're satanic different. ones. Yeah. Than the, with, yeah. than the one with the lasers. Yeah. Right. Isn't that control that the world markets? Mind effing blowing.
And I just want to keep people, you know, aware of this, the rising anti-Semitism as I sit uh, a few blocks from Tree of Life. Um, I don't know if the local media covered this, but Susan, there was a, a, a house uh, where Jews live that in, during Hanukkah, uh, I happened to see this in the Jewish newspaper, um, their car uh, windshield was smashed and they're a big, uh, what was it? A um, swastika, of course. Yeah, I think. Yeah. What was it? And a swastika was painted on their home. And this is in a, a part of Pittsburgh, a lovely part of Pittsburgh near me, Highland Park. And, um, you know, the police were called. Obviously, a hate crime. Uh, the neighborhoods immediately responded. Oh, they also had um, some signs up in their yard, you know, like stronger than hate signs that that were put in a lot of Pittsburgh yards after the massacre at Tree of Life. And then uh, those those were knocked down or stolen. And uh, and then the people in the neighborhood, Jewish, non-Jewish, whatever, um, got signs and they all put them up in their yards. But, you know, I have to tell you, this is happening uh, a lot. It doesn't get a lot of uh, a lot of media attention. But and I get little emails like that. And it's something. It's something. So I had a plumber here yesterday. I think I told you on the phone last night. And he, he has dual citizens. Uh, because he was born in Australia. Right. And um, I asked him, I said, you ever think about (laughs) getting the hell out of here and going back to Australia? He said, oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. And he said he and his wife have thought about it. There's, you know, practical reasons that they'd rather not. But... It's an option. It's an option, and he feels he has an out. And he said, you know, I'm 60. I think he said he's 65. And he said, um, you know, Australia is a a more civilized country, and they take care of their older citizens, and they, you know, whatever, he said. So that's another uh, plus. They've also handled COVID um, in a bipartisan manner. It didn't get as politicized there. And, 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 and he said, he just looking at what's going on here, he, yeah, he sees a, a failing rise nation. of fascism. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a failing nation. Definitely. And I want to just, I'm, I'm, I know I'm Johnny One Note on this, but I spent much of yesterday telling people that when we say a failing nation, we might be using the wrong tense. It might be, it it might be past already a failed nation. Failed. Yeah. A failed. Because we can't seem to stop this. uh, Right. We can't, you know, and and there was a marvelous new study that they just, I also noticed today, which pointed out that there seems to be uh, uh, the the pandemic um, hoarding of weapons seems to have, Led to a rise in violence. I. It's just you you're know. You're kidding. I, you're kidding. 
Yeah. 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 So here's the thing. Um, I just want to add one more voice saying the same thing. I've been saying this is from an article in the Atlantic. Um, so January 6th was, uh, I will go down in history as a failed coup attempt. But right in front of our very eyes, the next coup is being organized. Right. And, and they're it's, open. It's it, like online for I, I know. It's just, no, it's, it's state legislatures. It's Republican state legislatures passing laws mm-hmm. that will give mm-hmm. them the ability to literally overturn uh, elections. Right. And, and decide who the winners are. And this is being done right in the open. And this guy is pointing out what people have to understand is that the next coup, what they've decided, the next coup is not going to be violent with this ragtag bunch of idiots storming the Capitol. It's going to be smarter. It's going to involve some subversion of our laws by legislatures, by lawmakers will subvert the legal process of voting. And he goes on to say this, with what they're doing with all these laws, having to do with election officials and what votes get counted and who gets to vote and all of that and how we vote, He says, if the plot succeeds, the ballots cast by American voters will not decide the presidency in 2024. Listen to that. The ballots cast by you and me and all other Americans is not going to be what decides who gets to be president in 2024. Because thousands of votes will be thrown away or millions whatever is needed to produce the required effect. The winner will be declared the loser. The loser will be certified as president-elect. The process of, excuse me, the prospect of this democratic collapse is not remote. People with the motive to make it happen are manufacturing the means as we speak. Given the opportunity, they will act. They're acting already. There it is, right before our eyes. And seemingly, you know, they have legislatures, they control so many of the states. They're putting political people in charge of elections where there used to be nonpartisan commissions and or lieutenant governors, even like the guy in Georgia, Republican, who stood up to Trump telling him to throw the election. They're putting in place people who will do what Trump wants them to do. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the woman in Arizona that at least got kicked out of head of the election thing had let a guy in and given him the codes to the machines. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is what's, I mean, this is where we are. So if you think you can't imagine Trump 2024, you better start getting ready. Or you, you don't know who's, who's, who 
who you don't know who knows where the election fraud really is because they're the ones that are doing it as usual i i what i can't believe is how we know this and we're and still- doesn't mean anything but this has been the case that was the case through his whole election that's what through his whole presidency that's what we said during his whole presidency i can't believe we're watching this happen when everybody knows that he's a total lunatic and that this is the country will fall apart i can't believe that nothing's happening i can't believe what sur- surely this is the thing surely this is the thing well, you know, we, no, I no. mean, here, don't say that. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, and I, I shared, uh, yesterday a piece written by a guy from Sri Lanka who, who was in that country, uh, when it was collapsing into a violent civil war and having survived that and seen what happened He wrote a frightening piece about how this is already past tense, how in America, he said, see, this is the way it happens. You keep waiting for some kind of like what firing on Fort Sumner. I mean, I know it's just no, it's crazy. Kicking out the the foundation of the country, right? Little teeny stone by little teeny stone. And then it crumbles. Right. And he said, and 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 were you thinking that if there was a civil war or a, a coup that your lie your life would cease to be your life no you see you still go on and live your life you get together with friends you have uh, you get together with family you extract what pleasures you can you you go to work, you do your jobs, you hope to hell maybe something changes, but life goes on as your country is stolen from you right in front of your eyes. And that's what's happening. It's also the way, Susan, that I said it like answered the question I always had from being, from the time I was a child when I learned about the Holocaust. And I I couldn't, you know, the question obviously is how could, how could people do that? Let this happen. How could they let it happen? These were the whole of Europe wasn't a bunch of monsters. How could that happen? Well, this is how we've been saying that for a few years too. This is how. Yes, but it ain't getting better now, is it? No. People like our side, we elect Joe Biden and we think there, we did it. We stopped that. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. So, I mean, I don't, you know, I, yeah, I don't want to have every show end up here, but it is the biggest story. <laughs> there wasn't a story above the fold in the New York Times front page today that has anything to do with the fact that our democracy is being destroyed. Not a thing. The media goes on as before, doing both sides reporting, Republicans and Democrats, this bill, that bill, all of the stuff they used to do because that's what they know how to do. And they don't know how to cover the reality of what is happening. Because it would make them appear to be what? 
taking sides. The New York Times won't even call what happened January 6th an insurrection or an attempted coup. They're continuing. They're editors. They're, they're, no, they're like it's the judge in Milwaukee that won't let you, you call the uh, yeah. dead people victims. Yeah. Victims. It's a, a riot. And a riot, again, I pointed out yesterday, is a spontaneous event. A riot is not planned. And finance. What happened? Yes, and finance. And have a political you know, motive. A riot is a mob going berserk. That is not what happened January 6th. And now we're seeing text messages and emails that are still anonymous. Can't wait to find out who's authoring these from people who are in our Congress, senators, Congress people, who actually wrote to like what? Meadows. After January 6th and said, I'm so sorry it didn't go as planned, or it's so awful what happened January 6th. And they're not talking about the insurrection. They're talking about the failed coup. Right. These are the kinds of texts that the January 6th committee has in their hands. And at some point, we are all going to know who wrote these things. And they'll be senators, sitting senators, congresspeople. But the important thing is, and then what happens? Yeah, and then what happens? Well, because so far, I mean, there have got to gotta, be consequences, actual consequences. Charges have to be brought. If people were, you know, part of an intentional effort to subvert an election, they need to be punished. Well, we have an attorney general in a Department of Justice that should be the one. And here's where I groaned when Biden uh, put Merrick Garland in, because Merrick Garland, you'll recall, is an honorable man, a fine human being. But he was Barack Obama's political choice right. to put on the Supreme Court because he was so moderate that so slow and careful and not a rabble rouser that he was sure to be confirmed ha! because Republicans had confirmed him without a peep uh, before for right. the for his uh, the judge, the federal judge. Yes, yes, exactly. So that's why Obama, you know, targeted him, picked him. And of course, Mitch McConnell said, eh -eh, sorry. <laughs> and so now we get Merrick Garland, this honorable, not a rabble rouser, as the attorney general. And I don't know. Well, I don't not, know. Well, he's, he's going to. He's the nice plotting little guy. He seems to be. Well, we don't have time for plotting. I, I understand. I, I'm. I'm. This is because me agreeing with, 2022, with you. 2022. Yeah, with 2022, which is what, nine, ten, eleven months away, the Democrats are going to, in likelihood, lose control of the House of Representatives and maybe the Senate. I think they'll hold the Senate, but who the hell knows? We'll see. We'll see. It's it's frightening.
You got to get it done before then. You got to have these trials underway. You've got to. No, and here's I, I agree. Again where our, our legal system does not serve us well because you can play it. So every time there's a ruling, you see, oh, we can appeal. And then the appeal lasts for months and months and months. And then we'll appeal whatever that is. And we'll appeal and appeal. And that's what they're doing. They're running out the clock. And yep. it'll work. Yep. It'll work. It's well, it's right. always worked in the past. Well, ask anyone. I mean, in here it's worked, you know, uh, for people who get uh, sentenced to death. You always wonder why we send somebody to death and they don't kill them. They, they, you know, takes years, 20 years later, 20 years later. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because they're using the so-called speedy wheels of American justice to uh, delay. And that's what is happening. Barbara just sent me this. Man, is that true? The road to fascism is lined with people telling you to stop overreacting. Right. And that's because it doesn't affect them. That's why. I mean, that's why one of the things that is important in what you said before is that your life doesn't fundamentally change. So you begin to think, well, what difference is it to me? Until, you know, as a, uh, to mix all of these different metaphors. Yeah. And then yeah. they came for you. Yeah. First they came for, uh, fill in the blanks. They'll be pretty right. much the same. Yeah. Maybe different order. Right. But yeah. So, wow. Cheery, cheery. My well, poor we dog. started out really good, didn't we? We did. I thought we did a really good job. I did too. (laughs) And here, I'm going to end with this. The mayor of Estancia, New Mexico, issued an order requiring citizens attending public meetings to come legally armed and prepared to defend yourself. (gasps) Oh, Why? Because he's going to shoot him? I don't know. This is one of those stories where you think, okay, I don't even want to. I, you know, <laughs> that's it. It's over. I'm telling you, it's over. Well, that's why I can't, you know, I read my news, I open the newspapers and my eye just keeps skittering over everything. I know. I know. Of course. Um, anyway, yeah. that mayor, his name is Nathan Dial. Uh, man, he did a, 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 a immediate retreat when uh, <laughs> the ACLU came in. The ACLU said, we are going to sue the pants off you. And uh, so he, uh, oh, well, uh, never mind then. And he said, all right, uh, then I'm asking people to come armed with the weapons of wisdom and knowledge of the Bible. Oh, okay then. <laughs> okay, only in America. All right. Well, Susan, yesterday I was in such a full rant that I like looked up and I, it was like eleven oh five, and I was in full rant. And I so I see it's eleven now, ten your time, and and I'll cease and desist. 
And uh, okay, because my dog is sitting in front of me with his legs crossed. <laughs> he refused to walk as long as everybody was here, and there was a chance. Oh, and <laughs> yeah. Well, it was wonderful seeing all you guys last night. We FaceTimed and uh, and uh, give everybody my love. Oh, I wish I were there. Well, you will be. Okay. You'll get you'll get your crack at the whole bunch of them. Oh. Bye. I'm walking my dog. All right. Goodbye. Bye. See you guys later. Tomorrow. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.